Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Virtually Legal. This week we have another commercial digest episode, and today I am a local, and we'll be discussing cryptocurrencies and their potential to aid in financial inclusion. So let's start off with what are cryptocurrencies and where do they originate from? So the first cryptocurrency, as I'm sure you all know, is was Bitcoin, which was invented in 2008. They are decentralised virtual currencies where all transactions take place on a decentralised ledger and all payments are publicised and hence there is no private or centralised bank or state controlling or monitoring the, monitoring the transactions. However, the transaction goes through numerous nodes which could essentially be anyone making it secure. Eliminating third party involvement, unlike with the use of fiat currency such as the euro or the pound or the dollar, which requires a centralised system. The question is, are cryptocurrencies truly decentralised? Whilst the development of blockchain and cryptocurrencies have been seen and were seen as a solution to connect people and devices, helping towards financial inclusion, they are starting to suffer from the interaction of a middleman, which essentially means they are becoming more and more centralised. During my research, I've come across a system called Minima, Minima is a unique protocol which is designed for maximum decentralisation. It works by having secure collaborative users instead of competitive miners. So, some people may be thinking, why is crypto mined and what is mining? In essence, when cryptocurrency works and how it works to create a decentralised system, is the fact that these nodes run in full on a mobile phone or an Internet of Things device. Well, in the case of Minima anyway. This means that everyone on the platform is equal as no one is expected to do anything special. Instead, everyone has the same use and runs on the same algorithm. This means it is truly decentralised, which creates a safer system, which cannot be attacked as there's no weaker link or single point of failure. As a chain can only be as strong as its weakest link, just as a system is only as decentralised as its most centralised components. So another quote from Minima is, we would achieve maximal decentralisation of a blockchain network if every person on the planet owned precisely one full node device connected to the network, in essence creating nodes across the world and creating a really secure and a maximal decentralisation. So if we ask the question, why has there been a sudden rise in cryptocurrency recently? Obviously, a few years ago, we've had Libra, um, Facebook's blockchain-based payment system, and cryptocurrency advanced. So the Libra Association was um, founded by quite a lot of groups of people, one being PayPal. However, PayPal was one of the first to actually drop out of Libra Association. This is why when I recently saw the news, this is when, when I recently saw the news by PayPal that they've actually entered the crypto market themselves, I was quite shocked. PayPal is allowing customers to buy and sell Bitcoin and virtual currencies. It's being rolled out in the US currently. It will allow its customers to pay with cryptocurrencies at the 26 million merchants on its platform. Those merchants don't receive the cryptocurrency, but will be charged a large fee, 2.3% on transactions of less than $100. While this might not sound very handy for everyday consumers, first of all, this announcement caused a rise in Bitcoin prices and increased investment. It will also help regular consumers understand the crypto market as PayPal is running educational videos. This in itself could aid towards financial inclusion. 
So let's get to the financial inclusion bit of it. And how is cryptocurrency helping financial inclusion in emerging markets specifically? So as a bit of background, financial products and services drive the world's development and reduce poverty. However, 1.7 billion individuals are still unbanked, meaning they lack access to financial services and therefore cannot adequately invest in their healthcare, education and infrastructure. Recent advancements in the digital world and the creation of new access routes to financial services throughout mobile phones and the internet is helping towards this financial inclusion. Cryptocurrencies have a potential to empower financial inclusion globally, a big statement I know. But for example, blockchain could help and facilitate remittances from migrants seeking to transfer money overseas instead of them having to use Western Union as a third payment party. It could provide a decentralised global bank account, relieving financially excluded individuals from having to set up a bank account with a formal institution, which typically requires a passport or an email address, which if you're seeking asylum in another country is probably not the top of your list. These are all luxuries that we in developed countries never really have to think about and frankly take for granted every day. If you don't have access to a bank, you cannot obtain a credit card, debit card, get a loan or a mortgage. Bank accounts would help towards financial inclusion. But is there a better way to do this than by using a centralised fiat currency? And this is where cryptocurrencies come in. So financial inclusion is not only a worry for individuals, but also for small and medium enterprises in developing countries. They struggle to access the traditional banking systems. However, small and medium sized enterprises are crucial for economic growth in these countries as they contribute to almost 50% of total employment and 33% of their GDP. The key questions to ask are why are individuals and small and medium sized enterprises in developing countries still financially excluded and, can, and how can cryptocurrency solve these issues? Some of the main issues are geographical access to financial institutions, insufficient funds to operate an account, financial services are frankly too expensive relative to the income that many people in developing countries have, the lack of personal documentation, some religious reasons and a lack of trust towards the financial institutions. So the UN 2030 Sustainable Development Goals indicates for all member states to focus on financial inclusion. The progress in this area is driven by policies leveraged by digital solutions. For example, Vodafone's M-Pesa has allowed access to the Kenyan population to an entry-level e-payment system. So the case of blockchain. As it is a decentralised ledger, it records transactions. Blockchain replaces the need for these centralised banks and instead the verification of the transactions comes from the consensus of multiple users. Hence, people like me and you especially a minimus protocol, protocol that could be through their mobile phones. So allowing the global payment landscape to be more transparent and efficient and in essence frictionless would create and foster this relationship and trust. So blockchain addresses the high fee issue. Blockchain also facilitates the account opening process. So 2.4 billion people globally do not have a digital identity, which is one of the main issues preventing their access to financial institutions, which allows for financial inclusion. For example, Humanix blockchain-based Arefrium app 
creates profiles based on biometric data and therefore users do not need a passport or an email account, which are harder to get than they use for a smartphone. As in some developed countries, citizens have more access to smartphones than they do actually have to electricity. And lastly, blockchain reinforces trust or builds trust as there's no single authority controlling the ledger. Instead, the only rules are created by a consensus pro protocol. So it's a decision that cannot be altered as everyone has access to this information in the same way and there's not one single authority manipulating this data. So if blockchain has all of these benefits and this is how it's going to solve the issues that, and the questions we talked about above, what are cryptocurrencies main problems? The first is regulation and governance. For example, currently there's actually an explosion of interest in cryptocurrencies in Cuba due to the absence of regulation. This lack of regulation, however, is driving the rise in entrepreneurs in the fields, which seems positive, doesn't it? But in Cuba, the government doesn't consider blockchain to be real money, and this does create some problems. Cuba also has issues with the US as it blocks a majority of some of its payments. So regulation and governments is a big factor and something that people should look into. If you look at the UK's cryptocurrency um, regulation and rules, we do have some, but it is very limited. And this is something that I reckon will only have to be regulated further in the upcoming years. Second, awareness and understanding. People like me and you, if we don't have access to learning and understanding of cryptocurrencies, won't actually be able to fully use them or we'll be scared to use them as we don't understand the basis behind how they work. Culture and trust outside fiat currencies is also a big issue. Over time, we've developed this relationship with the pound, for example, or the euro, and we know how the euro works and how exchanges are based in these fiat currencies. However, we're unaware of this in cryptocurrencies. It will be easier, I imagine, for more volatile and corrupt countries to trust cryptocurrencies as there's actually a smaller foundation or no foundation of trust within their cryptocurrencies in the first place. Another big issue is the environment. So the data consumes for to create cryptocurrencies a high level of energy, which is a big factor against the use of cryptocurrencies as a wide scale solution to financial inclusion. Another problem is scalability and the shift away from a centralised platform. And lastly, more of a social issue. Will we as a society actually ever allow decentralisation to truly happen? As if you look at our political structure in the first place, our society runs on inequality and decentralisation could help financial inclusion and in essence create equality. I'd like to thank you all again for tuning in to this week's episode of Virtually Legal. This is only the start of my research and your research into cryptocurrencies. It is an ever-changing topic and it does change regularly, so keep up to date on the news in relation to PayPal and the advancements of the Minima protocol. So the three key takeaways for this episode today are Financial inclusion is the goal of the UN and cryptocurrencies could be the solution to these barriers faced by many people in developing countries. Secondly, cryptocurrencies itself is still flawed and in order for it to be 
global and have global impact, we need to develop its trust and this is only going to happen through education. Lastly, cryptocurrencies are just one part of blockchain. What are law firms doing in the blockchain space and how this is our job as lawyers is also a great place to focus your research. Thank you again for listening and please see the show notes for any more information. Thanks again. Have a lovely day.